0: Welcome to Live Sense8, I'm Sheila Applegate
1: and I'm Zach Hansen.
0: In this podcast, we dive deep into the concepts of consciousness and other interesting trivia in the Netflix original series Sense8. We're doing an episode-by-episode exploration of how we can live a Sense8 life. We're also throwing in some special episodes along the way with actors and crew and people who have contributed to the miracle of Sense8.
1: And this week's episode is brought to you by Denise Natitian, Teresa Helenin in divine phoenix books books with a purpose for a positive change what's going on
0: in this segment we talk about all the things happening in the world of sense eight it's netflix life madness inspired by the march madness tournament we have a tournament happening on Twitter, through, and Facebook. Pay attention to both. Be sure to vote on both because Sensate is making its way up to the Sweet 16 and hopefully all the way to the top. Woo! All right. And we also have... A global cluster map going around. So check that out. We'll have the links for these on our Patreon, but you can check in and say where in the world you are. And I will tell you, it is very full. Look for the tag that says Lafayette, New York, because that's me and Zach. There's also a now a replay. We had the global meditation of last week and had a wonderful turnout and now the replay is available a sense eight inspired meditation for you to listen to at will also we'll put that on our patreon and we want to do a special thank you to Dee, Dee torrens for subscribing to us on patreon
1: let us dig in to episode seven of season one WWN D What does that even mean? Alright, that was directed by James Matigue. It was written and created by Lily and Lana Wachowski and Michael J or J. Michael Straczynski.
0: Yeah, so the title this time I didn't know what that meant and of all of us I should be the one that knew. I was a Nancy Drew reader when I was a kid kind of. I don't even know who Nancy I Drew know. is. But they're making a reference to Nancy Drew who is a um it's an it's a novel series for children from back in the day, old, like older than me, but they were still around and they are um, spy kids that are undercover, or spying and figuring something out. Nancy Drew solves mysteries, so I guess that the play and the focus that they're putting on is um, Anita and Neats start to solve some of the mystery together.
1: Was that the double D? The it
0: actually, what would Nancy Drew do, is how that comes up. W-W-N- double D. So, What would Nancy Drew do? Okay. I don't know if that's a phrase. I actually Googled it and it seems like it might have been out there before Sense8. So maybe it's something I just didn't know about.
1: So if you're out there listening and you have a bit of insight more than I have personally, please help me out here and (laughs) give me a message on Twitter.
0: All right. Let's look at what everybody's doing. Oh, we have a special guest with us here today. We do. <laughs> Martin Earhart is here all the way from Argentina to sit in the studio with us and record this episode of Live Sensei. Is that the most awesome thing ever? Yes, it You We're here. <laughs> live. Welcome, <laughs> Martin.
1: <laughs> More Sensei connections in the real.
0: Yes, we picked Martin up. Yesterday, he, you've been traveling.
2: Yeah, I've been traveling. Uh, I went to San Francisco before this trip.
0: San Francisco to New York, and then not just New York City, but we brought you all the way up in here to snowy country of central New York. Yeah. and.
1: It's very cold. <laughs> it is very, very cold. cold. <laughs> Lots of snow. We got a little snow 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 storm for Martin, too.
2: I'm getting used to it.
0: <laughs> it's the power of the Sense8 because it was not so snowy a week or two ago, and we were anticipating Martin coming, and it can be kind of muddy here in March if it's not snowy, and the the trees are still brown because the leaves haven't come out, so... I thought to myself, it would be nice if it snowed for Martin, because it'll be prettier than the March mud. And the power of the sensei kind of gave us like three feet of snow. (laughs) So (laughs) I was thinking of dusting, but three feet is pretty impressive, right? Really beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So now let's get into the episode and... What's going on with all these sense eights?
1: Well, we have Sun. She's kind of getting acclimated to prison, having some tea with the ladies.
0: Isn't that awesome? She's having tea in prison with the ladies. <laughs> like, that's so cool. And at first, they seem like they're going to be all like, "What did you do?" You know, they make it seem like they don't approve, and then they're like, "Good job!" <laughs> they were so proud of her. <laughs>
2: Very proud.
0: But then there's still the dynamics within the prison. We see a little bit of the women, the hierarchy, and the bullying in the prison, too. But we're getting acclimated to that. That's pretty cool.
1: Then we got, this is really cool, Riley gets to go home and see her father.
0: She does, and that relationship seems really special, doesn't it? He's so happy. But before that, we have a pretty cool scene. Caffias and Riley on the airplane. Now, Martin, when you were flying, did you think of that scene?
2: Yeah, I thought of all of you that I was going to meet
0: you and I was like, wow. <laughs> we'll pop in here in the airplane and did you feel us sitting next to you going, hey, look out the window. <laughs> yes, and
2: then afterwards when I came here, like you were going to receive me. You're going, yeah. are waiting for me and I was like, oh, this is really a fucking sensory experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How awesome that it was when we were recording this episode with the airplane, too. You know, that's a little sensate.
2: Yeah, and I've been listening to you. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> and then Cappius is also... Um, he watches Amandi, Silas's daughter, do this stem cell therapy, but then... He gets invited to her birthday party, and that's kind of an interesting, paradoxal scene, I would say. Yep. <laughs> There's kind of a discussion about love and that and and loyalty that goes on in there too. So,
1: love being a weakness.
0: Is it a weakness or a strength? That's kind of the dialogue. It's a pretty powerful dialogue.
1: But we get to see that he's still a gangster.
0: He's definitely still mopping <laughs> off some hands. <laughs> yeah.
1: Biblical style,
0: yeah. There's that contradiction of this little girl's birthday and such a great daddy, and then talking about love, and then he cuts off someone's hands.
1: It's like he even put an apron on, so he's a butcher, you know. It's kind of
0: ooh, Doctor Metzger, right? the, butcher. the butcher. Interesting.
2: That's really incredible. Like that character shows, like the ethos, like the love that she has with her daughter, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, like his best part, like being so cruel with right. Sarah.
0: And it's, it's an interesting cruel, because it's removed, and he's showing Caffias. And that person betrayed him in something that he didn't believe. It's pretty layered, which they always do, right? Because the person that he's punishing watered down the drug. So it's not only Silas's reputation, but Silas knows that, it, that the watered-down drugs are dangerous. So this, it's this kind of mixed thing. Plus, he's really upfront. Like, you do this, this is what's going to happen. Like, that's what he's telling Kathy is, don't betray me. And
1: It's just business.
0: It's just business. And he's like, he knew what was going to happen when he made that choice. And so his point is that somebody that doesn't have someone they love and care about would be more likely to not only betray, but to want to go for the money and stuff. So, I don't know, it's... It's interesting because he's never
1: black and white.
0: It's never black and white. Yeah.
1: Then we have so this episode really gets it kind of it gets heavy for the characters. They have some real big issues that that hit home for a lot of them in this episode. And we have Lido, Hernando, and Daniela. They come home to find Joaquin in a mask he he has the mask of the bogginator is that's the evil wrestler that we saw in the last scene and he's uh he's drunk and he's feeling a lot of self-pity
0: yeah and he talks about being mad and then he said i'm not mad i'm sad that wasn't i'm not the mad man i'm the sad man interesting lines with him for sure we'll go in a little about that later maybe but Interesting character there, too. Don't a you bit know?
2: crazy, man. <laughs> he
0: is a little bit crazy. Oh, I for kinda, sure.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine myself entering my house and having him there. now.
0: <laughs>
1: like, they didn't even talk about that really either. Like, how did that guy get into... Lido's house is like electronic security. So he had to have had some privilege to get into his house. I know he's a thug and he does these kind of things, but it's, <laughs> it's not like it was a lock in he, a bolt lock or something.
0: Shared, he shared uh, Wolfgang's powers. and got it. Apparently. That's a future episode. We find out he's actually oh, in yeah, that. I'm, I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Season kidding. three.
1: Another cluster.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, but um, that kind of goes even more crazy because he steals Daniela's phone, and that's when the huge betrayal happens in a sense that Lito, Lito's whole life changes because she was filming that's a little bit of a violation too there
1: (laughs) well that episode was all the last one we talked about privacy and not having privacy and unity consciousness and stuff and having to deal with who we really are and being authentic in front of the people you know the the entire world so it's not an easy thing
0: yeah so now he
1: everybody judges everybody
0: right so we'll see what happens with that
1: Yep. and then we have kala finally kala oh persistence is key she finally starts to relax into whatever this crazy thing with wolf <laughs> king is going on
0: she does
1: he's trying to deal his demons her team
0: <laughs> right she's facing her demons yeah. and and
1: he doesn't and, look like a demon in clothes now right he's sitting outside right he's, he's got clothes on now. oh you're not a demon now
0: because <laughs> you have clothes on all demons are uh, naked right <laughs> Wolfgang has an in-depth conversation with Kala, too, now that she settles in. They talk a lot about science and spirituality, which we're going to get into. And he makes a decision that he wants to go to India. So he's ready to take a vacation, kind of leave that life. And he tells Felix, which would be huge. And then the next scene?
1: Felix gets shot with a shotgun. Yeah. Straight to the chest.
0: So everything changes. In mm-hmm. that moment, for Wolfgang even, too. Right? Yeah. One of the things I noticed this time, which was very interesting, is they didn't try for Wolfgang. So, you know, Martin's the one that goes to the door and they shoot him. But they show the gunman still there and Martin goes right over there and then they just drive away. So they could have shot Martin. Felix? Felix got shot. What did I mess up names?
1: Yeah, you said Martin.
0: Oh, Martin, you're now Wolfgang. <laughs> no, I'm not.
2: He's <laughs> Felix. I,
0: did I do that like yeah. multiple times? Like yeah, you're just you did. totally. Okay. We, we may be
2: in. like of the similar.
0: Yeah. Frequency. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you did you do? this? We, we
2: have, the, I have a German um, surname.
0: There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> that what it. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's a German name too, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, no, I just messed up. I'm (laughs) just so excited you're here. But, um, okay, so replace Wolfgang with every time I said Martin. Yeah. And you got this. got this. Wolfgang. Now I'm looking at Martin saying Wolfgang. Martin, (laughs) I'm really glad that you didn't get shot either.
2: No, thank God.
0: (laughs) That's really awesome. We are here. (laughs) All right, move on, everybody. Move on. Nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So then we have Nomi. She connects with her old boyfriend, her old friend, friend boy, buddy, buddy. buddy. Because, yes. Yeah. She. This is a pretty cool um, plot because we kind of learn how real badass Nomi is at hacking. She hacks the Pentagon. Or no, he no he hacked it. He Pentagon. hacked it, and she took the fall for him. She was My probably bad.
0: involved in other stuff, but she was willing to take the fall. I'm wondering if this has anything to do with the mom and the special and what Maximilian was saying. Like she does say in that line that she got out without going to prison because she was a minor and she had rich parents. So, what happened then? Just It's saying. a good question. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so she's got this badass history, and she gets some and top bug, of the line. What a fun character, oh my I like gosh. this guy.
2: Yeah, really one.
0: Well. Yes, yes. I bug is another one of my favorite characters. We were all talking last night about how the supporting characters are so powerful and have such amazing lines, and how we love them as much as the eight. The primary characters.
2: And how they are so important to make it more vivid? More
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. More because real? Because we feel the whole community. There's legs to it. It's grounded. Yeah. And Bug is, is one of those for sure. He's one of the top notch.
2: That cool man.
0: That cool man. Yeah.
1: He's like a far out hippie hacker and he's just, he, I don't know, he he has a lighter role to play and he gets to understand things that are, he's not weirded out by what's going on with Nomi eventually. He's just like, he's very accepting. Like yeah. even of when he sees her for the first time as a she, cause he's like, where's Michael.
0: Right. And, but he transitioned, he yeah, transitioned he, he, he very really well. Really quick. Right.
1: So <laughs> he did. So he gets, but the he does. This, out, I like,
0: love his look too. Cause he said something about, it gives me a hard on. And she's like, I understand. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Question mark?
0: Right. You know what he's thinking? Did she have the whole transition operation <laughs> right. or not?
2: <laughs> and Amanita's always there, like defending. Yeah, she's the
1: know me. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's
1: she's definitely sizing him up. Yeah, she's, to, is she's girl, who is this guy and,
0: and marking her territory, right? And she just got
1: you know she she just got that bombshell put on her. Like, right? Oh, guess what? I didn't mean I didn't tell you because I didn't think this was ever going to come up.
0: Yeah, and that's huge because. When you hear something like that, that goes to, do I trust this person? Do I know this person? Because Nomi had never told her about... Her history and here they think they know everything about each other yeah
1: and, that's a that's a but then in a the
0: future thing. scene um needs is fine with it she just jokes about yeah she gets over it real quick Thanks, but Grace. you can see where she would be like mm-hmm. here's a stranger coming he thinks she's hot you know <laughs> they have history that i don't know about who is this person yeah
1: he's a major felon
0: yeah that I mean, he's too a bad yeah. dude yeah. in yeah. the eyes of the law yeah
1: Interesting. So then we have Will. He cashes in on his um, saving. No no, 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 huh? no. He huh?
0: can't cash in because Deshaun told him, I don't owe you, but I'll never forget.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> but he does him a favor. He does Deshaun him a solid. Him,
0: Deshaun being the kid that he saved from the gang, in the you know, from the gun wound before. But he, uh, yeah, he. He does help him out, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Um, I'm just, you yeah, know, into Sean good. there. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, that's all I got. Like-
0: yeah. So, um, well, but the important thing. So he he sets this up uh, for him to talk to the gang leader, who then allows access to the kid who took these pictures of Angelica being removed from the church of her body we assume well now we know because he gets a flashback right in the van he looks in the van so these hazmat suit guys and whispers are the ones who removed her body so they know for one thing that angelica is a physical being that's real they know that whispers is a part of it and they've got an idea of this whole hazmat suits which Will had seen somewhere else, I think, right? With they were using those with um,
1: not being uh, Jonas with Jonas. I don't know if he saw that, yeah. I don't know if he did. We saw that,
0: right? We only know what the actors know, right? (laughs) Yeah, so anyway,
1: so pretty heavy show.
0: It is a heavy show, so we could talk about this forever, right?
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) I think so.
0: So all all of you listening to us, this is what we decided, because you're going to see in a minute that Martin's actually very talkative. (laughs) Right, Martin? Right. (laughs) And you're going to hear his voice get more heated, because we have just spent hours and hours having these in-depth discussions around the kitchen table. So we know how the three of us can get talking. So we decided for this episode, we picked a few important clips that can kind of point out some pretty powerful topics. And we're gonna just play you the the clips, and then we're gonna all chat about our thoughts on that. And that's how we're gonna run this episode.
1: And here we go. There was a
2: time when people who heard voices were considered saints.
0: It wasn't a sign of madness, it was a sign of the miraculous.
1: And there we go, that's Grace. And you just spent some time in San Francisco. Did you hang out with anybody cool? Max?
2: Yeah, I've met yeah. with her. <laughs> she was really cool. She's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. A real human. A more, th- more than an
0: actress. Yeah. So tell us a little about the experience.
2: Well, I've been with her, like traveling around the Sensei locations. So it was a really great experience. What a treat. Being there.
0: What are some of the locations you saw?
2: Well, we went to her house, her fictional house. Uh huh. Then. We went um, to the where Naomi escapes from the police, Mm and she takes the bikes down the road. We were down to the Castro. We were down there traveling all around that place. Uh It's like the LGBTQ neighbor. Uh It's really cool.
0: Very nice. So would you say she is like her character, Grace?
2: Yeah, I think she is. He has a lot of her character inside her. That's why they chose her.
0: Yeah, nice. So, okay, what do we think of this line? What do you think of this line? <laughs>
1: About saints, they used to hear people, and that was a good thing. And now, people who hear voices are crazy.
0: Right. Well, I hear a lot of voices, so I'd prefer to be a saint. <laughs> But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, either way isn't really great because it should be our natural state. So whether we call them crazy. Well, first of all, I've always thought it was crazy. We talked, we talked earlier about how it was, we were all pretty much raised kind of in a, a traditional church. Um, but I remember, um, you know, in Sunday school, you're taught your, Jesus is your friend and, And, you know, the angels are here, guardians, and they're here watching over. They're by your side. Then I get older and I started opening up to meditations and kind and communicating with these angels. And a lady from my church pulled me aside and she's like, you don't know if that's the devil. The devil uses angel for, you know, looks like an angel so that they can mess with your mind and like went off on me. And I'm like, what?
1: That sounds like Kala's situation.
0: Yeah, I guess it is, right? I mean, I didn't believe her. I just looked at her like, are you crazy? You know, like, where did we... So I guess what I mean by if we made them saints, it, I think the line is intended to say they were revered and it was something that's beautiful. But also, I don't want to be revered for hearing voices. I would like everybody to remember that they hear it. Like we. Last night, Zach, what did you do? (laughs) You introduced our rock to (laughs) to Uh, Martin. I
1: did. We have this giant amethyst in our in the healing room and where clients come. It's probably like three and a half feet tall. It's pretty big. And I I just went over and I said, Hey Martin, have you seen this? And he's like he came over and, and took a look at it and I was like, you know, have you ever heard about rocks or people hearing rocks talk to them? And he's like, yeah, I've heard of it. And I said, yeah, this one talked to me once in my life. It was a couple of years ago and it was really strange. And so we had this whole dialogue about hearing voices. And then the, the rock, I call him George or Geo, He actually was very excited that Martin was here and he just got so vocal to me. And so we had this conversation too about how we actually are able to hear those voices.
0: Okay, so now you guys can vote. Is Zach a saint or is he crazy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We should put a poll out or something for that.
2: I think the first thing we should not do is judge. Yes. Yeah.
0: I
1: think you're right. We have to
2: accept that there are more things going around that Mm -hmm. we don't know. And it's part of our life. It's part of our journey to discover what's going on around us.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, have you experienced voices or had intuition? What would you call your experiences?
2: I would say I, I had some intuitions or some points in my life where I felt that certain I don't know if voices, angels, or things, or yeah, like like a pulse of energy. That's what mm-hmm. that was saying me like go this way, mm-hmm. go that way, maybe like. Maybe I was going through the streets and I watched something or that coin, many coincidences of life, I would say. Right, right. That like messages, like someone is, there's that, there's that point when you think, what are that messages that we have to like receive? Mm-hmm. If they're sending us some type of
0: Yeah, and that's an important part, too, the receiving the messages and then trying to really understand what the meaning is. And I think depending on your philosophy, are they crazy, devil, or saints, or just part of a – I really encourage people to just kind of dialogue because if we make it too powerful or too scary, then you can't really receive the natural message in it. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah
1: it does and like martin said they can kind of come anywhere at any time right so it doesn't have to be in deep prayer or deep meditation it can be watching a movie or eating some food or taking a walk like any time you can get these messages and i think the the, the big so working with you you Sheila, has been so helpful to me when i've how i've learned how to interpret intuition and in these multi-dimensional communications or impressions or imp- imprints but Um, being able to not put them so far out of ourselves right like you said you don't want to be revered as a saint because this is normal and oftentimes these messages that we could hear we think they're of some greater grander source that is out something outside of ourselves the trick here is Where did we hear those messages? We heard them. We heard them within our mind, within our own being, within our own body, and that's why I talk about the body being so important. Is because this is where we receive our experiences.
0: Yeah, and I think it is. It's important that we remember that it comes from within. And even if someone's giving you a reading, they're tapping into your energy as well as the energies around. But that it's always constantly changing. So the other part, if we look at the side of the the saints is the message got written down and held and it doesn't get to grow. So, you know, if I'm bringing a message in or giving them, if I'm receiving messages from spirit or the divine or hearing voices of rocks, because that one (laughs) does talk (laughs) he is right. (laughs) Um, then I listen to those conversations the say same way I would listen to this conversation or chatting with you Martin it's fluid it's evolving it's moving it it may be um, important in the moment and it can change in the next moment and it's only a piece of all that I'm trying to say right or do you know what I mean
2: yeah some sometimes what happens, what I think what happens to me is that Maybe you could say, I'm I'm getting crazy. What What is all this? What is this? I have to follow this intuition? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? So that's the, that's the point where I would say it's like the moment, what's going on?
0: Uh-huh.
2: And then right. it's like you just try to go and try to figure it out. You don't have to be afraid. That's that's important.
0: Right. And I love that you did bring it back to what's going on and to Sensei, too, because... That's, that is, that's that crazy. They are all were wondering in the last episode, am I crazy or not? And exactly. here we're answering. But also, if you make, and, and even that, like, um, when Capius first started talking about Sun, he was calling her Angel Woman, you know, Karate, no, oh, the spirit of Jean-Claude. <laughs> angel, Korean woman. Korean yeah.
2: woman. So depending each culture, like, they interpret that, right. that image of,
0: Right. And in the beginning, because he thought of her as some sort of spirit that was coming to talk, he revered her more than a, he would a person. And then when he realized that she, when he went to her and he got to know her, he actually gave her some information and support as well as receive it. And that's the way we should be, in my opinion, that's the way we should be working with the non-physical beings whether they're loved ones who's crossed over, whether they're spirit guides, whether they're sensate, because you don't know, right? It could be a sensate from around the world that we're talking to. Like I could have been taking messages from Martin all along and didn't even know it. (laughs) So we need to give that same um, fluidity and realize not lose ourselves, Right. So when we think the message is outside of us as a saint we think we, we, could, we, we belittle ourselves and we think we could mess up if we don't get it right. And our whole world could be destroyed if we don't interpret it right. And then we start to go crazy because we're spinning around trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How deep shit. <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think the, the middle ground... Is the right,
1: just having a, a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, with with the the energy? We're just like a giant radio. That's what this body is, and you tune it in to different frequencies to hear things.
0: Yeah, even in the human self, like yeah. I said to you, Zach, when you got here, like if I say I believe something in one moment, I do, but that doesn't mean I believe it tomorrow. Like, don't hold me to something I said and make it generalized for the rest of my life. Because you, you want to grow. Because I want to grow. And and I think we do that even with people. We hold them to something they said.
1: And maybe giving, give them a nickname for something they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and hold them to that nickname for the rest of their life. <laughs> it might not be a nice nickname.
0: <laughs> I'm not even sure what he's talking about, Martin.
1: <laughs> Dipshit. <Okay>. Oh, <laughs> The lights went off.
0: <laughs> no, I thought he was talking like about a nickname with me or no, something. I'm no, like, no I Just I in know. general,
1: you know, like if.
0: <laughs> Martin, we gave you a nickname. No, we didn't give you a nickname. It's not you. No, it's so yeah. You. So I have. I would two, like to know about. It. Yeah, we'll <laughs> tell you about Dipship. I have <laughs> I have two good friends and they've been like best buddies forever. And they're they're great. They're both really great. But, Agreed. Um As a joke, like guys do, one of them gave the nickname of the other, dipshit, which is probably not a combination of words that you really know, Martin. It kind of means you're dumb. You make bad choices, kind of. You do stupid things. So it's a playful nickname that they had. But then Zach comes in years later, and he's watching that dynamic, and he's like, Rick really needs to stop calling him dipshit so he can get his act together. Like, if you keep doing that, not that he didn't have his act together, but like, it's like, if you keep putting a name on someone, then they live up to it. And not that he really always lived up to it and he found it playful, but there's something to be said by what we label someone and then the behaviors that follow or the interpretation, right? Right. So he might've been making great decisions, but because he's thought of as dipshit, people think it's... It's all about filters, right? The perception. yeah. Yeah. So...
1: Anyway, fun story.
0: Yeah, being, I would not have gotten there. What
2: <laughs> being here together is deep shit. It's, it's, like, it's like
0: wow. It is like wow. This is real. <laughs> it's, I think it's
2: like yeah, something, some path. I don't know. Some something followed. We followed something.
0: Yeah. Know, to reach to, this. To point. reach this point, and, and so easily, really. Like think about that. You followed your trailer. He saw your trailer, and he's like, ah, who is this guy? I think I'll try to write to this guy. Yep. And then... Here we are. You're here. And the
1: cool (laughs) thing about that even is, so Martin, you planned this vacation over a year ago before you even knew you were going to be out here doing what you're doing right now, right?
2: Exactly. It was just uh, holidays. And now, like, I took this trip and decided to make more than a holiday and make a project and a whole movie started planning the new ideas.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: And you also came, not only did you get to meet Maximilian, but you also originally started the plan to meet another sensei that you connected to.
2: Exactly. I came here to meet Belkis Balaguer, which was the my partner in the WhatsApp video song, mm-hmm. the truth. And, well, uh, I decided to come here to meet her and make this whole holy shit
0: (laughs) and you haven't even like you had a few minutes with her and then you came here now you get to go back for what almost two weeks or a week yeah exactly and uh you don't even know what's gonna like you think you're thinking already like what an incredible trip right and you haven't even reached the point that you originally started the trip for
2: exactly i started realizing that it was like a journey yeah
0: That's
1: that's very cool
0: that is cool all right so should we go on to the next clip because we could talk forever yeah we could and we have <laughs> been and
1: we will continue to talk more here we go
0: when nita
2: was very young
0: i took her to her first july fourth picnic and she got scared by the fireworks still hate them why celebrate with symbols of war wars are always a failure
1: Okay, I really wanted to talk about this. It was just slipped in there really quick in one of those scenes where they're just chilling at the table. And there's, we've actually talked about this scene so much in our podcast, actually.
0: Right, with Maximilian and right. doing it in, in different the, ways.
1: In the actual episodes and stuff. So wars don't work. And she's just like, why celebrate them? And so I just wanted to just talk about this a little bit and how we um, perpetuate war in the United States by memorializing it, by creating these amazing statues and memorials for these wars that you're never supposed to forget. And I just thought it was very interesting that they just kind of slipped this line in here just so quick. If you don't pay attention to it, it's like, why would you even say that? Like, anyway, so I just want to talk about that a little bit. What do you think, Sheila?
0: Well, she asked a question, why celebrate wars? They never work. And I'm going to answer it. We celebrate wars because that's how we get people to go to war, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I agree with it. In fact, I refuse to. I won't say, I won't celebrate not just the memorials, but the, we've got holidays. I mean, we pro- if you take the balance of like bank holidays or federal holidays uh, in the United States, probably in a lot of countries, Martin, you can speak on this, but... You know, of all the other countries in the world, you speak. (laughs) You speak for them.
1: We're just kidding. (laughs) No pressure. We'll
0: we'll take care of the U.S. You get the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the common thread is the only way you can have wars really is with soldiers. Although I guess now with equipment, we might move beyond that. But basically, you have to have people believing in wars. Wars have nothing to do with I mean, originally, it was about fighting, like, animalistic fighting for your territory and survival, and that was just part of nature. But we celebrate wars and forget we're celebrating wars. as some, Or if we don't believe in wars, you're not patriotic. It, it's, talk about crazy.
1: Yep, it's crazy making.
0: And a lot of the beautiful parks are actually, like, war. Like, we save the land where the war was fought. Like... This battle happened on this land. Let's put up a beautiful park. Weird.
1: It is
2: weird. I think they want us to. The memorial represents something. We don't need to do it again. Like, it's something for us to remember that to make something different.
0: Uh, does that? That's. Do you think that works though, or do you think it keeps it going? Do you in, think in it, my country, does, for example, there's this is good to know. Yeah.
2: There's a memorial. Uh huh of the 70s. Um and yeah. I think it's that way.
0: So what is that? And so that's interesting because we talked about the Garden of Exile where you have a memorial to make it real and feel the yuckiness of it. What a lot of what we experience here and what Amanita is talking about is like our 4th of July which everybody has a picnic and gets drunk and watches pretty fireworks. You know, like weird stuff or or sensationalizing it but like we're the good guys we so it doesn't it's not the don't let it happen again that might be supposed to be in there but it really is about well like right now in our country there's a chance that we're going to have a military parade go through dc
1: it's 2018 who does that besides like north korea weird seriously
0: yeah um, apparently maybe I now uh, like, I don't know I don't think it will actually happen but we'll see um, but yeah so like I see what you're saying That like I think that that's the never forget and looking at that do you so tell us about that memorial and how that works and how it affects you um,
2: I think that uh, people in my country like want to remember that that as many as the torture and kill so many people Mm -hmm. to remember that time of our history it's like to say we don't need to do this again
0: right
1: i think that's a big difference between the united states like we've talked about this on the podcast like we as, as as a culture in the united states or the people who write the history books and teach students and kids this stuff they um We sweep all that stuff under the rug and we don't say, look, this is what we did. We don't say, hey, look how brutal we were to Native Americans before we even got here. We don't acknowledge that the people who came here actually came here to, they were fighting for their freedom to suppress people religiously. Like we sweep all of these things under the rug and we paint a pretty picture around it and put up flowers and and, and we are supposed to remember these soldiers that fought for our freedom. And I'm not saying that these things are wrong, per se, and I'm not saying that this didn't happen at some point in time, but what Amnita is saying here is wars don't work because war only perpetuates more war.
2: It's a big contradiction mm-hmm. to celebrate.
0: Right, right. And celebrating is different. So there's a sense of remembering. A- of Different. remembering, but we say we're remembering often when we're celebrating. We do a lot of parades, even not the military, but like Memorial Day parades, Veteran Day parades. I don't know. It's mixed up. It is mixed. But war doesn't work. It hasn't worked. since. If, if war worked... We wouldn't have any more wars. <laughs> exactly. Like, we've done it enough times that if it actually worked, there wouldn't be any more. So we need to think of another solution.
1: Agreed. So on a lighter subject... You want to hear about some kala and some miracles? So tell me, has he ever helped? What? Your god?
2: Oh, of course. How? I asked him to stop my wedding, and he did.
1: You think he stopped your wedding?
2: Do you have a better explanation?
1: So you think our connection is a kind of miracle? I were trying to describe this feeling.
2: The sensation of experiencing the warmth of the sun. The
0: smell of jasmine and marigold.
1: While at the same time being soaked by a downpour
0: at an outdoor cafe.
2: Taste of strong coffee still in my
1: mouth. I would say that the word miracle sounds
0: particularly appropriate.
1: What an experience!
0: Wow, I, I I'm <laughs> It's interesting the way we just set this up to go from that dialogue about war <laughs> to this cliff, like right, cliff change, <laughs> right? I hear well, cliff change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that like for you to feel that change? Well, <laughs> yeah. You know what's really cool? Yeah. Go ahead. No. We'll go. It. It. I actually like the. At first, I was like, "Whoa! What did we just do here?" You know, with such a drastic shift, but. The way they used the music, the tone of her mm-hmm. voice, the the sensations—I mean—that she was talking about the five senses, which is the sensei. I mean, the first five of sensei are the taste and the the feel and the sounds and the music in the background. It really moved into like a guided meditation that I would do. it, did. it was very beautiful and yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And it's it's really interesting to hear it without view without watching it right yeah yeah like you can have, you can concentrate in the sound and what they're saying
0: yeah it takes us deeper inward like when she was talking about it i w- my head my analytical head was like where's the jasmine in that picture when did they drink coffee whose coffee you know like i was very analytical when i was watching not in a bad way but i was just like curious more curious but sitting here today and just listening i'm like I went right into an altered state. And our mind like
2: start, starts imagining mm-hmm. the images we already view.
0: Right, right. That was really cool. And then I kind of like it because we accidentally just answered our question about war. Like this is the solution, the higher vibration, that peace that is much more impactful. It's more, much more effective than war at making changes
1: it is when you tap into unconditional love or love or the nature of all things this energy that moves through everything that we all are you can have the experience of understanding everything is this so there's no need to continue like you just don't want to go to war you don't want to fight you don't want to you know you just don't want to do bad things to your fellow human beings cuz you know you're all connected
0: yeah i totally agree and that really flashed me back to when i used to watch legally blonde the movie with sarah there's a scene in it where um she's saying they they have a um like a famous exercise a woman who sells exercise stuff and you know is known for exercise videos accused of um, murder and she's like, she didn't do it. I know she didn't do it because exercise makes endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people don't want to kill people. <laughs> I mean, it was like basically that, <laughs> but you just reminded me of that. I know I didn't get that line exact. It's been a lot of years, but it reminded me of um, that idea. Like when we take care of the rest of ourself and we right. are happy, we create happiness, then you don't go to war. You don't happy people don't go to war.
2: And to be happy with ourselves but with with other with the people that surround us that's an important
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, we can sit here and say that and I could see somebody who's suppressed and living in a difficult exterior situation. Thinking, well, that's easy for them to say, you know, they get to sit on a podcast and talk shit all day. (laughs) (laughs) But my life is real, you know, and I agree with that. And at the same time, I can see where that makes you want to make changes, but changes don't ever get made at that level. The changes happen when you're in those situations and instead of fighting, you make a shift and then the...
1: Yeah, I think it's the difference between change and transcendence. So change is something that we can change our situation. Things change. The seasons change. Um, But we have such a hard time transcending. That is to be so different that nothing was left that resembles the you that was. I hope that makes sense. So <laughs> as a person. So we can change things, you know, um... I forget the actor's name, the drug dealer who chokes out Riley with a bag. And he's talking about violence and how it's so simple and how it does change people. But it's, it's not, it changes people in a way that you might get some information or you might subject somebody to your will, but you're all that's, that's just going to repeat itself. That's not change.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Then that those people say, Oh, well, this is how I get things. I subject people to my will through violence, mentally physically emotionally whatever that may be or mind trickery and now they're subjected i get what i want and i'm really still not i don't know what happiness is at that point either because you spend all of your energy suppressing people (laughs) so anyway um yeah martin yeah it's
2: it's very interesting to the question of saying why do people need to harm another one Mm -hmm. and when for example when they um when i have that violent erupt that last year and they were when they were like kicking me like mm-hmm. making me right. damage i was right. thinking how can another person uh, enjoy that violent thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how violence is created right
0: right and interestingly you and for people if you want the whole story go back to the first episode where we interviewed martin when he was back in argentina but You know, in remembering that story, you used that. You were a victim of violence, being beaten almost to death, and in that moment used it for transcendence and shifted your attention to feel the power of the sensate connection Mm -hmm. and draw everyone in and feel empowered.
2: Exactly. I have to to change and transform that darkness Mm -hmm. and that violence that I received Mm -hmm. in something creative and new.
0: Right, and if you had shifted your perception, if your perception was shifted just differently, it could have made you violent, it could have made you angry, it could have made you turn away from, you know, sensei, and it could have made you give up on the project, or go out and beat someone else up.
2: Exactly, it could be more negative with my life and say, why this happens to me, and not to other, like, why is this happening to me, and the way you like interpret that and like how you take the negative, the positive from the negative, that's important.
0: So that sets us up really good to go back to the, the actual clip we're talking about is that she is admitting that her relationship with um, Wolfgang, not Martin, Wolfgang, is miraculous and in the last episode she was calling him a devil so what changed and what changed is yeah. only her how did perception he go from
1: a demon to a miracle well
0: we think he put clothes on right Close.
1: <laughs> obviously
2: and how to deal with that demons that we can't explain right it's something right. that we cannot we have to accept some things but we cannot um yeah realize what's going on behind it
0: right and she had every she. Wolfgang didn't change. Wolfgang was the same. Kala made a decision, and and actually, even when she called him a devil, she knew that she had prayed for her wedding to be stopped, and that it was, that the God stopped it for her with him.
2: It's it's like Wolfgang represents her unconsciousness. Like, yeah, like she is, is pulling her to do something. And she's, like, debating between the doubts. Yes.
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah, he knows her more than she knows herself, in a way. And all the things that she's tried to keep hidden from herself in order to maintain the world, the life that she has, she can't hide in his presence.
1: Right. That's what we do, though, right? We maintain a lie for everybody else around us as we're growing up, for our parents, for the schools, for religious people around us whatever it is we're trying to fulfill a lie and that lie is what we think we should be in their image that they're projecting onto us and he and then
0: we can we lie to ourselves right Convince ourselves, that ourselves and we twist ourselves
1: into knots and wolfgang's like you can't bullshit me <laughs> and i'm gonna call you out on it because i'm
0: badass like that right and he's just so calm like you know he was just called a demon in the last the time he visited her, and this time he's just like, So you'd call us miraculous? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And then she goes into the miraculous, too. Like, what if you've had sensations or communications or whatever? What is that? What better word is there to have? She is expanding her, she's just not having five senses. I mean, that's a miracle in itself. Right. She's having like 10 because she gets his and hers, and there's probably one in between that that creates. So it is totally miraculous that she's experiencing this expansion of self. What what more could you call that than a miracle? You know?
0: So for at least her, it's a turning point um, from the last episode where everybody was kind of in chaos questioning if they were crazy. And we get the answers here, kind of. Even Nomi and Neets are settling in and taking action in this one instead of being victims, they're
1: getting a lot more evidence too. Yeah, like in so, their yeah. in their story arcs and with each other, and we had the phone call and
0: yeah, the sensates are getting more evidence right. of what's going on. Yeah,
2: they are like accepting their unknown, mm-hmm. the unknown, like mm-hmm. the mystery, right? As the Grace line with Namanita and yeah. Naomi.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Grace is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she is.
2: <laughs> it's like the cast meet the fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, and did you like, have times when you were? I actually, when we were interviewing her, I almost would revert into calling her Grace sometimes instead of Maximilian. Did Max- you? When you were spending time with her, did you ever li- like? I felt like she was Grace. Yeah, to remind yourself who she that she was in Grace. <laughs> it, it was
2: a little bit confusing. It was like. <laughs> This is real? (laughs) This is
0: happening? Because you could see grace within her, right? Yeah. On
2: on all the senses of the world. In all the senses, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That was incredible.
0: Yeah. Very cool.
1: She is a beautiful soul, that Maximilian. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so now let's continue a little bit into another direction slightly with Kala and Wolfgang. There's still a intermingling with each other and they're on the rooftop now instead of at the Berlin Café.
0: Yeah, they just popped up there. <laughs> Made me a believer.
1: But you're a scientist. I
2: am. My love for science doesn't preclude my faith. For me, science is another language we use to talk about the same miracles that Faith talks about. But well one language makes sense one doesn't sense like quantum physics like a particle that can be here and not here Of oh, sense like gravity a force that no one knows why exists only that if it didn't exist if there wasn't this Mysterious attraction. This pull between objects. And none of this
1: would exist either. Thank God for gravity. Thank God for gravity. <laughs> I love this dialogue. Absolutely love it.
0: Why do you love it, Zach?
1: Thanks for asking, Sheila.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the biggest thing I like about this is Wolfgang. He says one language makes sense and the other one doesn't, and they leave it up to your interpretation which language he's talking about. He doesn't say science or religion.
0: Yeah, that is true. I know how she clip, follows, but up. I think that sh- I think that earlier he does. Kind of denounce his belief in religion. I think that that happened a little bit. But they didn't mention They don't mention it in this scene. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so I, I thought
2: that
1: cooler. was really cool because it lets yeah, you that is just Decide. get which one is he talking about? Oh, which is that? That's me. What do I think?
0: Right. And then she goes on to, you mean like science? And then gives all these terms. Or quantum physics, which quantum is hilarious
1: physics. to me. Like I, I kind of like, I laugh on the inside because science makes as much sense as religion does in a way like you have to experience like we're here for experiences and so if you don't go get those experiences for yourself you're just never gonna know and it's all gonna just be nonsense doesn't matter which way you go about it Mm -hmm. in my opinion that's my perspective
2: yeah and both both of it like have to mix each other and relate and we have to accept each religion and science like both together.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great point. I think they should be together. I love what she says about how, you know, science is just a way for us to explain religion or mysticism. Because we do have quantum physics now and it explains a lot of what mystics teach.
0: Science and spirituality have um, definitely reached a point where they come close together, but they probably already did, you know, like, Einstein is one of the most spiritual beings. And the truth is, you can't you can't discover science. you you just can't do you may use different words just like she said it but like you said it you said experience but science is about experimenting like you don't get to just take the facts like people always say well science is facts and it's it's provable so we can believe that but you First of all, it's not all provable. We know that, like, it's just not as simple as that. We don't have a proof for gravity, right? Like, I mean, we know that gravity is existing currently, but we don't know what it is, just like she's talking about that force, and it's the same thing pulling them together. Like, we know as much about why there's gravity as we know about why they're being drawn to each other. But even beyond that, a scientist has to go beyond what they know. So they have to tap into something that we could call divine or consciousness. They have to tap into a higher consciousness to create something or discover something that doesn't exist. You can't stick to the... Or the, ask the
1: question that hasn't been asked yet.
0: Yeah. You, it just Science doesn't exist without the same process that spirituality exists in.
1: Right. And well, the thing with science is science is never, ever, 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 ever going to be what... I'm not going to say religion, spirituality is going to be. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter. We're always going to have questions and we're always going to find a way to answer those questions by making a new device. Like if we don't have a device to measure something, then it doesn't exist. That's the science, that's science world. Like we don't, we can't acknowledge whatever the unknown is because we don't have a microscope to put it under, but we know that it's out there, but we're just not going to, We're going to be blind about it, so to speak, because we don't have an instrument, we don't have a measuring stick, and so with spirituality, you don't necessarily have a empirical evidence of having a a a linear experience, but you know without you can you can know things without defining things, if that makes sense. You can know the essence in your truth without you are the microscope, your body is, and this there's tons of methods out there. To where you can get into deep inside of your own consciousness and have these experiences for yourself, but if you don't go out and do them, you're just taking somebody's word for it.
2: Yeah, and we have to believe in ourselves to find that spirituality that is out there. Find our like our meaning by finding our own spirituality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: and it's a very important. Like, it's very important the how they showed kala uh, her two dimensional aspect how she um works with science but also at the same time she is really a religious person mm-hmm. so that three-dimensionality in her character it's really great how they they work it out together right you yeah, i think done. it's beautiful yeah you wouldn't imagine that a scientist would be a religious person.
1: Right.
0: But when you were talking, um, what I'm thinking is that, well, and I, I've heard people say science is my religion, but that's maybe more true than they think because while the lay person listening to their scientific results and then determining their life based on the facts that scientists give them... Um, may stick to the facts of the science and the basic part of it, but the people actually creating that science can't stick to it. They have to go within. They have to have more. They're, so to me, it's like the religions where the people uh, that might be structuring or like some of the, say, like in the Catholic tradition, all those um, sacred... Ceremonial pieces that the priest is doing and then and keeping to him or her, well himself um, may lead the, that person to deep knowing and spirituality into the inner self, but it's not given to the congregation. It's held for certain people, like in religion, certain people hold the truth, and the others have to listen to them. And so, science is actually kind of doing the same thing because. Yeah. The people who are giving the science have to be beyond that. They have to be going inward. They have to be going inward and outward in the extreme of like oneness, consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's really quite fascinating. And then to kind of smile as we think of humanity debating the two when they're the exact same with different words. So
2: the same happens with doctors that they are mm-hmm. dealing always with science, like, and with. Like God, they're like always in that point of no uh, trying to understand if their job may, may be a miracle.
0: Mm-hmm. And they don't know. Doctors don't know as much as we like. So again, they know that they're having to use their intuition and the knowledge that they have and try to figure this out. And they know that a lot of the drugs we get, they don't know how it works. So I had a blood disorder um, years ago and almost died, and that's when it really... And I I still love my doctor. He saved my life, but it was trial and error. So he's saying that sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't, and we're going to try this, and he just had to keep trying until it happened, but they don't know why it worked either, you know? Like... (laughs) so they ended up removing my spleen, which works on people sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. And there's a little bit of understanding why it would work, but they don't know where it came from. And I'm not saying that that's every disease we know more in other things, but it really put it into perspective. Now, the reason he saved my life was because he had the facts of what people knew and the intuition to look beyond to decide what I needed in that moment. So in those cases, too. Even like with your documentary, you're in your art, you're, you can't just stick to the facts. You have to create. You have to listen to a story that's more than that as you move forward, right? Yeah,
2: and I have to go throughout the world and find out like I've just been here traveling mm-hmm. and I'm figuring out some new things.
0: Right, and you're not figuring that out by looking at a book. You're figuring that out by experience and by looking inward, right?
2: Yeah, sometimes that's what we, we need to go more. We have to use the things that we learn in university. But then afterwards, there's a lot of research, like all, a, all, all our background, like all that stuff that we like goes through the process. That's the important thing that we, are, we have to look through, through that process and realize all the different type of ways to find that goal that objective that final the end
0: <laughs> right i think and we've heard that that's what they did on the set too like um as they were producing and creating and directing it they'd look they'd come in with a plan but they'd look at their environment they'd look at the energy of the day, and they would adjust it. And they the, improvised in the moment. Right, and made it more then. And that's that same, something more is coming through.
1: Yeah, so I think it's a general consensus here that these things need to team up together and work together for our benefit, not be separate from each other.
0: Yeah, and the fact that it is in everything. Like, you, there's no, there's no, you, they don't need to team up. It doesn't ever get separated. You can't team up what never you know, separated. You know what
1: I mean. <laughs> we separate them. As people.
0: (laughs) In our our thinking. But in the reality, you know, I mean, that's the same thing as like, oh, you know, my job is spiritual. I'm like, or, you know, I mean, people put me in a category for my work that somehow because I have these gifts that it should be this way. And I'm like, you have, whatever you are doing in this life, you're doing it from your gifts. There's no other way to be doing it. So there's nothing that separates.
2: And we have to listen to that gift.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. in every moment.
2: Maybe they are more, like, they're more closer than we can expect, maybe. Maybe we think that they're very far away from us.
0: And they're right here, and accessible, accessible. You know, you could also say it in Spanish because we could have Spanish listeners. Oh, I was thinking
2: decir algunas palabras?
0: <laughs> I was thinking we should have had you do something in Spanish for the people that are having to translate to English for us. So anything else you want to say? We don't even have to know what you're saying. You can say, <laughs> help me, people. Zach and Sheila had me as a hostage. <laughs> I would say bad words and you would not. Know. <laughs> right? But if you'd like to say anything to yeah. all our Spanish speaking listeners out there
2: a lo que me refería no, ahora hablo en español <laughs> que deberíamos escuchar nuestros propios gifts en sentido de que no tenemos que capaz buscar tan lejos y capaz nuestros deseos o nuestras habilidades están más cerca eh, de lo que nos imaginamos
1: Alright, let's hope we don't have a SWAT team show up at the house <laughs> to save Martin anytime soon
0: it was very um, hypnotic and beautifully spoken. Yes, so thank you. So I trust Martin. you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can translate you. Martin, thank you for coming to cold, cold, snowy Syracuse and recording an episode in the studio with us and spending time with us.
2: It was really amazing. <laughs> this whole experience, wow. It is. I'm so which, grateful. Which is
1: the Sensei experience. Yeah. Awesome. All right, listeners, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all your help on social media with shares and retweets and spreading the word. You can talk to us more on Twitter if you have any questions or comments at LiveSense8. You can send us an email at team at LiveSense8.com and for some awesome perks and to support the show you can head over to patreon.com forward slash live sense eight and enroll over there to support the show. Thank you very much for listening.